All right. World Champs went off this weekend in Fort William. So it's time for your Maxis Tires post-race show to get the inside line on what went on. Maxis is synonymous with racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no surprise then that they've won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup and EDR racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxis has the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. My Enduro Bites run in a DHR2 Max Terra double down on the rear for a bit of extra wear resistance, paired up with the Asagai Max Grip up front in their slightly lighter XO Plus casing. On the downhill bike, I'm running a DHR2 front and rear, both with the DHR2 casing and their super grippy max grip compound and both those setups are working really well for me also the team got their maxis shorties out for the mud at national champs a couple of weeks ago and took home a fifth and a third place incredible set of tires you can check out the entire range of maxis tires over at maxis.com and find the tires at your local maxis dealer you can also give them a follow on instagram where they're at maxis bike all right world champs delivered us some incredible racing a lovingly updated track increased the pace and the riders rose to the challenge with some amazing performances so without further ado i'm joined by nico malali and ollie morris for our maxis tires post-race show for the world champs 2023 in fort william all right fort william world champs went off uh it's been a an insane week up in the highlands of scotland even better to have you two guys in the same place for the first time this year, Nico and Ollie. Welcome. Uh, we're in Nico's breakfast room at their accommodation, if there's a bit of an echo. It's a lovely little spot. Nice view out over the lock. Um, Nico, first race of the year, or first world-level race of the year. You've done a few little bits back at home. Uh, how are you feeling? Like, How's this uh, ongoing recovery going? It's cool to see you back at the big the big events. Yeah, I was so stoked to be back racing. Um, I made the US team, so... I came and gave it my best shot. To be fair, it was a little bit early to, to be to be racing. Um, I had to start somewhere though. And uh, yeah, I still have a, a, a long way to go to gain some muscle in my left leg. Um, but I feel better on the bike than really anything else. Like in the gym or even just walking, I can feel the imbalance. But on the bike, um, my left leg's forward, which is my weaker leg. And my weight's distributed on my hands as well. So uh-huh. I feel better than anything else riding, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any huge expectations for myself. I, Like I said, I made the team, so I was stoked to be able to come compete. Yeah. And um, coming here not with the pressure to try to perform, I think made the, the whole experience a lot more enjoyable. There wasn't a huge stress to qualify. Um, yeah. pr- pretty much everybody made it through. There was yeah. 80 top you had to make the top 80 so no i was very happy to be out there racing good stuff man it's really good to have you back and riding a bike that was made or at least part of it was made a good part of it was made just down the road in edinburgh at five land bikes is uh is pretty cool i think you you pretty close to winning best world's bike i think it looked pretty it looked pretty awesome mate oh i was so stoked with that um over the years, I've had so many custom-painted world spikes, and it's always really special race to get something like that. And this year, being in control of it myself, my my world spike that I could make for myself was a Scottish-made steel <laughs> bike with no paint on it. It's and, very Nico. I like it. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And they said it was the only Scottish-made bike in the race, too. So had a lot of people screaming for me on the track. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And Ollie, you've uh, you've been away from the world circuit for a little bit. You didn't go to the last World Cup, but you're back here trackside for MS Mondraker and helping uh, 
the guys and also Ellie's back this uh, this time, which is cool. How how is she feeling? Because she's been back from that. Was it a collarbone injury? Yeah, she's uh, she recovered really well from that, and she's really strong. She uh, she actually came back into this event super confident. Okay. Like she's she did a lot of work in the winter on like how she's riding. Uh, her technique like literally her technique and how she stands on the bike which is awesome she did loads of work on the jumping side of things as well which is like an ongoing kind of thing for i think a few of the women really because they realize the importance of it okay. with the size of the jumps now um and uh and she's learned loads from watching like okay. loads she's been she's been literally like a sponge trackside yeah um so yeah, so she actually came into this with a whole new perspective on racing. If you saw her through the weekend versus a few, you know, the races last year, different person. Um, right. Unfortunately, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But the result, the final result, wasn't quite there. Uh-huh. But yesterday, she showed some real good speed. So right. um, yeah, excited to see her for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. Yeah, good to have you, Nico, back and Ellie back. We're missing a few uh, riders for sure that we'd rather we're here mm. um so yeah healing vibes to those that are still struggling a bit so miriam nicole mm. uh, amory jackson all at home and not able to be here all people that could have been fighting for the win so yeah we wish you all the best to to heal up and we hope to see you back at the races very soon let's talk a bit about the track um nico the the team here had uh, i think three months to put in work on this track i think it's the most anyone's done on it for quite a few years it was a significant amount of maybe not changed like the direction was broadly speaking the same but it was it was a fairly like different tracking in quite a lot of ways a eh? big big amount of work on it yeah it was a huge overhaul they um added so much rock and gravel to the track and it felt riding it the first couple of runs so smooth it was like you uh you got better without doing anything. <laughs> you go, <"Whoa." laughs> yeah. Especially after we raced it last year, it was in pretty rough shape. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, it, it just made the speeds higher. Um, probably changed bike setup a little bit too. Mm-hmm. At least um, for me, like I, I could go stiffer on my suspension because okay. you didn't have all those chunky mid-stroke hits to try to absorb. Yeah. Um, and, and then with the speed being higher, the bike was more efficient sitting okay. up in the travels as well. Um, but yeah, it was a welcome change. I think it made a lot of that top section easier for uh-huh. sure, but, um, it, it just was a different aspect of racing. Like it, it probably made the times tighter. Yeah. Um, and with higher speeds come other challenges. So, <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> yeah. and, and your first time in the new course marking, so apex pads, the new like yellow lower tape thoughts, like any any kind of observations from riding with that taping and marking system? I thought the apex markers are awesome. Okay. Like we always deal with like a ski pole that gets knocked over and then the angle of it's not the same as it was. And then they try to put it back for, for quality or race and yeah. it's different than it was in practice, but maybe it's the same as it was on track walk, but nobody remembers that. So the apex markers like do such a good job of, of defining exactly what they're supposed to. Um, no course tape kind of seemed strange the first run. I was, it was like you were riding a trail, not a racetrack. <laughs> but in the end, I thought it was like a perfect solution. Yeah. Um, and then the reusable tape in sections helped to guide where like you needed a visual mm-hmm. to see where the line was, which was good. Like yeah. Part of that first couple runs not not being on this before with no tape was like you you like I said you felt like you were not on a racetrack and it was because you didn't have the sight line of the tape. Yeah. So 
that that was useful in a few spots. Um, I ran it. It's low enough that like I ran it over with no problem, but I could see how you could clip a pedal on it or something. It is, it doesn't break. Yeah. Um, but they had like one line in the woods that was a split lane and it was pretty slick to do the inside one. And I blew it out and just rode straight over it. Okay. Yeah. It worked fine. That's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the the course markings were really good. I need to buy some of those Apex. Markings. I was going to say, oh, you, mm. you were tempted to uh, try and find a way of getting a few of those, yeah. Yeah, Logan and I were saying we should just steal some, put them in bike box. <laughs> but we're not going to steal them from here. We'll steal them from Snowshoe. It'll be a, be a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, place to home, right? <laughs> good work. Watch out, Rory Cunningham. Nico's coming for your Apex markings. <laughs> Ollie, you've been trackside all week. Um, where have the biggest puzzles uh, taken place? Like, What sort of sections have you spent time on and have the riders been asking you to look at? Yeah, I mean, the woods has been the place where they're always asking to go, which is really interesting because actually in terms of direction change or should you say like the action a rider makes, there's about three in the woods, right? So, and and I always say it's never one in the woods. You can kind of lose it, but it's not actually, the, whereas other wood sections or technical sections on many tracks, uh, that's where it's won or lost, yeah. isn't it? I think in Fort William, the woods is just like, basically you got to get there first. Yeah. And if you get there first, you're okay. But the reason they're asking us to go to the woods is because that's where most of the line choice was and that's where the, it is the highest chance of it going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually spent quite a lot of my time where I could, when I could get away from the woods up on the top section because sector two is where it is one I lost here, that like long kind of two minute, just over two minute for the women uh, sex, sector. Um, and also you can film so much of that. Mm-hmm. And, and Fort William, I think, other than the woods, isn't really about lines. And, and not when I say not about lines, riders will kind of naturally improve their lines as they go on. But they're not really, like, from the outside, you won't really see anything different. Yeah, you're you know, not going that side of the tree or that side. It's, no, like, it's more subtle. It's so more subtle. It's like you'll just gap something a bit nice and you're like, oh, I'll do that next time. Or you'll be a little bit more to the left. You're like, oh, that felt smooth. And so because it's that sort of track... That my job as, as a line spotter becomes like changes and for mm-hmm. me it was more about trying to film the riders and see what approach they were taking you know were they attacking too much were they not attacking enough was their timing correct you know was their bike gripping nicely through the rocks it was more sort of that sort of information that was mm-hmm. coming through um yeah there's a few holes to get out of and stuff like that but that was the more important information um Again, if you could get away from the woods, because there was kind of, <laughs> you know, it was changing in the woods and there was, I mean, nobody was on the same line through there. Um, there was multiple options. Um, so, yeah, woods was the main was the main puzzle for sure. Yeah, fair play. And Nico, like you said, the track's faster. For those of you that have been here a lot of times and you're very familiar with the track, is there like a reprogramming to do on like your, your breaking points and the way you're hitting sections? Did you Or did you find you could very quickly like just settle into the new pace of the track i was kind of wondered how that felt it is a little bit strange when you've ridden a track so many times and a few of the sections they rebuilt and were a little bit different line uh-huh. like where the whole course was was just the berms were different or it was slightly to the left or right so racing it so many times you imagine coming around this corner and hitting what was next and what was next was different so <laughs> it it took like one or two runs to in, ingrain the new line in but yeah. um just like any that happens a lot at world cups where mm-hmm. they they'll change a section of the track so um no we, i think we all got up to speed on it yeah. pretty fast yeah. and 
um, it was a lot more straightforward. Like yeah. Ellie said, there wasn't so many choices up there. Like normally it's so rough at the top that you're trying to avoid the main line. And the main line was pretty good most of the places. Okay. Like it was just real subtle things, like you said, that you try to miss. Yeah. Um, it did get a little bit blown out, like right before finals run. Like my, my last practice run, I noticed that like the track was getting worse. Like a couple of berms up there where it was re-graveled, you could go just below the hole or something. Um, like watching Bruni's run on TV, he went inside a lot of places, missing some holes. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't until the very end. Most of the week, the main line was the, the line to be on. Yeah, it held up pretty well, because eh? quite often they put in stuff fairly close to the event and it gets ripped out like relatively quickly, but the, tr- the track seemed to hold up well. Like, it was well packed in and like, yeah, it wasn't going anywhere for a good few days. Yeah, they said they whacker-plated it. It had time to like properly yeah. firm the track up. And then the, the weather was good. Like They had moisture in the ground, but it wasn't just raining the whole week so mm. it was kind of like the perfect conditions for the track to bed in nice and did the the changes change the sort of physicality of this place like everyone talks about it being a physical track there's an element of like energy preservation because you've got that big pedal at the bottom the motorway is a, again a key section where you, maybe you can't win the race there but you can definitely throw it away did this make life easier did it how did it change that physical element I guess it's hard because you're coming in not in your like normal physical condition probably. I, I felt pretty terrible at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think in any case you're doing a four and a half minute race run, four and a half minute of anything as hard as you can, it's going to be difficult. So yeah. Um, yeah, the track was different, but it just allowed you to push harder mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe a little bit less on the hands and more in other areas, but um I think everybody was gassed by the bottom. Like at a world championship race like that, you're going to be going yeah, for it. You're all in. Yeah. Is yeah. It, it is interesting because I, I thought the times were going to get down to about a 4.10. Before the weekend started, I thought we were going to see a 4.10. The national was like 4.23 or 25. Was it? I think Laurie was on, yeah. And I was like, crikey, and all how smoother it was and stuff. But as the week went on, I was like, no, it's still the same distance. You have to go so far in Fort William, don't you, when you're standing at the top to where you got to get to. Yeah. It, it, it's miles. So I think, like, actually, it doesn't matter how smooth it is. You've just got that crazy distance to travel, you know? Yeah. It's one of the, like, this, and I guess Monster Anne are the ones left where it's a long track, you know? Yeah. And, and there were one or two areas that were even slower too, like where they took out the wall ride and added the double. And then the next section right after that, before the hazard hoofer was definitely slower than it was before. Uh-huh. And then, um, where you, where you jumped and went left across that graded bridge where Matt Walker crashed, yeah. that was just not the right shape. So it was really hard to carry speed. They'd done a ton of work to the berm, but it, yeah. it didn't really run as fast as it has in years past. And it, it was kind of soft too. It was weird that turn, because there was an apex marker kind of on the no, the normal line into it. And then the berm was an odd shape for the exit. I can see how like mistakes could have been made there, which took Matt out eventually, he kind of ran wide and caught off that metal bridge. But it, it, wasn't, it, was, it was the weirdest part of the track, I think. It was more challenging. It just wasn't not lining up right. And I think that's that's okay. Like it's what those imperfections make racetracks challenging. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like how it was into like a metal graded bridge, which is like obviously a manufactured yeah. piece on the track, and yeah. you you don't want to crash on that thing. Like that's going to shred you to pieces. So it's always like when it's natural and gets messed up or is is imperfect, then it's good. But mm-hmm. when it's like they they tried to make it right and it's not, and there's a a 
piece of metal on the track, then it's like, yeah, it's, it's a little sketchy for me. Yeah, fair. Let's talk about a bit of racing. We'll start with the juniors. Um, and we'll start with, a, I think, a bit of a positive note from the, from the UCI because they tend to get quite a lot of hate, especially in the last year or so. Um, there was 32 junior women riders and I believe only 15 places in the final initially. Um, and the UCI made a late change to that to allow 30 junior women through, which is cool. Like they recognize the fact that there's more junior women turning up to these events because in the past, like there'd be some of them, I remember there being like six or something. So to have 32 and 30 places in the final, fair play, good on them. And I guess Amy Kenyon would be the local favorite, the Scottish uh, junior rider for Pink Bike Factory Racing. Um, wasn't quite to be, unfortunately for Amy, it didn't quite come together. But I think she, uh, for me, probably had the best bike on the hill. The Iron Brew themed bike and kit was a bit of a stroke of genius to anyone that's uh, familiar with that little Scottish soda. <laughs> uh, so that was ace, wasn't it? But apparently they're not paying her. That was uh, just a choice thing. So, okay. uh, Wasn't yeah, an good. advertising thing. Apparently not. <laughs> I might be wrong, but from what I heard, uh, yeah, no money involved. It was more just how re- like much you relate it to Scotland. So you'll gain a lot of fans here at Fort William. Yeah. That. Yeah. I saw the guy running the lift drinking that all weekend. <laughs> there you go. That's is it. You're going to get preferential treatment on the lift. Good stuff. And then, I mean, Kiwi uh, Junior Women's Downhill is bright. Locked out the podium. You know, it's a small island on the other side of the planet. Traveled all the way here and absolutely dominated we had Sasha Ernest in third uh, 0.4 back from Poppy Lane who was uh, apparently her first ever downhill race outside of New Zealand which is insane she's chipped wow. up at world champs and comes second uh, and then Arise van Leeuwen five seconds ahead of that taking the win who I didn't realize but she was heli lifted out of Ludenvier uh, they did the like world cup pre-event recently a couple of weeks ago mm. she was heli lifted off the hill because they thought she had a back injury and this was a, she basically got back on the bike this week and <laughs> smashed it by five seconds wow incredible huh like huge. some yeah. serious talent coming out of new zealand right yeah it's so cool to see that isn't it or like especially when it's one category i.e the junior female uh and one small country clearly they're doing something right there i mean we know the tracks are good there and we know the vibes good there so makes sense doesn't it yeah strong history right yeah Yeah, i heard they were all first year juniors too so that's really positive they're going to be building building even stronger next year yeah it's really exciting super cool to see hopefully i think uh i'm pretty sure poppy said she's getting a lift with her east to uh andorra for the next world cup so she's gonna skip school and come do some more (laughs) racing um which is cool yeah it's really good to see and then the junior men um i guess there's probably a a couple of favorites chris hauser's had a, a good start to the season um wasn't to be for him unfortunately what what are your thoughts on chris Howes and nico have you seen him ride much yeah i think he looks incredibly fast maybe a little bit loose around the edges like <laughs> a lot of juniors do but um it's easier to rein that back than it is to find the speed so i think that's what these years are for and he seems to be he'll, i think he'll figure it out yeah that'd be cool and then Bodie coon again the rider sort of i would say the rider to beat this season it feels that way real good support through his team um had an amazing run wasn't quite enough on track 0.4 back but still a super impressive run these guys are throwing down eh? great run yeah it was a really good run it's quite interesting though i don't know the at the end he he threw quite a lot of whips on the jumps at the end and it looked cool so i'm you know i'm not complaining from <laughs> yeah. a from a visual but i think 
I think he might have even been up, or it was really. I think he was up, or it was super close. Anyway, he coming was up at some jumps. point in his run. Yeah, yeah, he was up coming in. He was up, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought so. And then he did these whips, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe <laughs> you could do them just a little smaller and still <laughs> get the point four. But hey, maybe he gets the style points. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Danny Hart's won a world champs with a whip in it, so. It's doable, right? Yeah, but he was 14 <laughs> seconds up. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, it's in time to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very true, very true. And then Henry, Henry Kiffer taking the win. Uh, according to Fabian Burrell, the first German to win a mountain bike world champs, uh, which is cool. Um, he w- he just looked completely mind-blown by the whole thing. Like, I saw him on Win TV, and he was like, he, did, he just didn't know what to say. He just said, that was the run of my life. And that was it. Like he was stoked. Eh? Super yeah. cool. Yeah, it's awesome when, you know, he he was expecting that he could maybe do a good result, but not coming in feeling like he needed to win, and then to put his best run forward and it working out that he won is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And we got some fast juniors coming up next year to to challenge these guys. Eh? So there's a couple of uh, Kiwi junior males who apparently been beating all the elites back at home, who uh, will be first year juniors next year. And uh, some guy called Asa Nico, who you've uh, been involved with, and you'll be bringing to the races next year. It's going to be hot in that category up as well, bringing those three in. Huh? Yeah, I think it'll be really exciting. Asa got to race those guys at Crankworks in Rotorua, uh-huh. and um, he finished second. So that was uh, some pretty good competition, <laughs> and it'll be exciting to watch them all mix it up next year. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Junior racing is hot enough anyway, but like having the coverage that it's getting, getting it out there, being able to watch it. It's really cool for the the you know the root of the sport. I guess it's nice to see so many people showing up, so much talent. So yeah, good yeah. work. When I raced junior, we were in elite, and there was like maybe three or four of us racing. And now that at the World Cups, there's 60, 80 kids racing junior. Yeah. So it's it's really bright for the future. Definitely. I think it's helping a lot to develop new riders. Yeah, like it. Very cool. Let's talk about the qualities for the elites. Now, I was kind of confused. Obviously, Rachel Atherton had a shoulder dislocation, I think just from like flat landing a jump a bit or going deep on a jump. She didn't actually crash. Um, and with the support of Nina Hoffman, managed to rip it back in trackside, which Rachel's done before here in Fort William a few years ago. Uh, incredibly tough human being. Fair play. Um, and I'd sort of wondered why she didn't just break the beam in qualies and then catch the lift back down. But is it right that you have to do a full run in qualies here you have to get to the bottom if if not protected okay so i don't know what her number board was or what uh no, her, I don't. what um, it says here i've got the oh ones. you got it yeah it says protected so okay, she was number okay. 12 and there's a p okay so maybe ah. she just wanted to get a run in and see how it all yeah. felt but probably would have been tough to just go to the race day unsure so yeah true if you wanted to find that that bit of pace fair play good honor how was it for you nico that was your i guess your sort of full fast run had you done like a run equivalent to that kind of pace in the week before or was that the first time you really kind of went all guns blazing at home i was do- i was doing some full runs mm-hmm. i actually went up to snowshoe with luca and we did some full runs okay we tried to do like five a day for three days in a row yeah and i felt absolutely horrible <laughs> on the first couple of them and i actually got better as i went on like yeah. probably found a way to make it easier like smoother spots on the track okay. carrying more momentum um i feel like snowshoes like probably a little bit shorter than this but yeah one of the hardest tracks to do full runs because the worst is at the bottom yeah whereas yeah. here like it's at least somewhat smoother at the bottom the mm-hmm. worst is at the top so i felt like doing those runs helped me a lot 
to figure out how to do the full run, like my, get my body to do it again. Yeah. And it's like so much easier said than done, but when you go faster, it is easier when you break too much. Like on when you're tired, your brain says like, Oh, drag a little break. And yeah. then all the bumps get worse, the slower you go. But if you go fast and stay on top of them, it's like easier and less energy and you're going faster. Yeah. So we win, right? Right. As we can sit here and talk about that. Yeah. But when you're on the bike doing it after you're three minutes in and your heart rate's at 185, it's like a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that I think helped me okay. to come into this yeah. race. And That's this fine. was a hard one to train for because the longest track on the circuit, it's mm -hmm. hard to find another four and a half minute racetrack to yeah, true. practice on. Yeah. So but you came um, prepared. As, as, prepared. I, as much as I could have <laughs> at the time I had. Good stuff. And then women's quality, um, really strange crash for Tani Seagrave. She looked really good, I thought, this weekend. Like, the full commitment, like, really charging through the gnarly sections of the track, which I feel like she's been maybe holding back just a little bit, like, coming back from the injury and everything she's been through. But she looked on full song, which was really cool. Um, but, yeah, she said she lost a bit of focus, I think, and, like, just clipped maybe clipped the post coming too far right off that last drop and got like spat into the barrier with like her arm whacking on the top of it. Horrible, horrible crash. Eh? Like it looked horrible, didn't it? Yeah. But I think they moved, did they move the, cause she hit one of the little small, um, poles, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think that was in on race. Was it? Do you remember? I didn't notice. No, I don't I know if it ever got put back. It got, she sort of flicked it out. Yeah. And, she and that was the, the end bottom. of it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, she has been building really well all mm. year, hasn't she? And it's, uh, I think she's been quite clever holding back, you know, yeah. like you can come back and, or she has been one of those people to come back maybe too quickly and it re injure yourself or a new injury from a crash. Cause mm. you're not too sharp. So she's been holding back and, uh, and and I thought she I wondered whether she actually had the speed this weekend until then quali and she did that time yeah, she's like six second, off or yeah. whatever but yeah, with the crash yeah. and um, so it was kind of like you know I thought oh here we go you know we she's she's on for it but yeah, um, yeah we will obviously speak about more about the finals in a minute but the quali run she proves that she was back yeah, well and truly for sure other other uh, notable mentions a couple of enduro riders uh, showing up and having a go at downhill Gloria Scarzi qualified fourth Hattie Hunt and qualified sixth our British national downhill champion um cool to see Nico hey some people crossing over and making the most of the opportunity to get into teams to race these events and and actually laying down some incredible times as well yeah I was impressed by that I think maybe they looked at this track as being a long enduro stage yeah maybe yeah uh, so maybe it suits the enduro riders pretty well it's, it's definitely like now they're trying to make all the tracks around three minutes so mm -hmm. downhill riders are training for that and then we come here and for the women to be closer to five minutes is, yeah it's yeah, so more like an enduro ews edr stage yeah, yeah they'll be they'll be in their zone a little bit more so yeah, they, yeah, just, they just showed that with those results definitely yeah. i think the, the difference though is the speeds are way higher aren't they like for sure is generally you're not going this fast so it's there is they still got that bit to they deal with, if yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, yeah, or yeah. to learn, like you for say. Sure. So it's, uh, yeah, it's tough for them, I think. Yeah. But from what I'm hearing, there's more and more enduro riders looking to either come back or come and join in if they haven't been here before. So let's see what happens next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be ace. It'll more be cool. than area, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Anna Newkirk in seventh, fellow American Nico, and that uh, another steel bike. Uh, Contra, I think. Contra bikes. Yeah, Evan's bike. Yeah, she's been doing so good this year. She's yeah. like pretty consistent top 10. For sure. She's definitely stepped it up and the field is is even more competitive than ever before. So 
Good for Anna. Impressive. Yeah. And Stacey Fisher in eighth, another UK rider. She seems to always find some way of turning on. She was, I think, sixth at World Champs last year in Leje. Mm. Um, her, uh, uh, one of the guys from Raw is helping out with setup on her bike. I was joking that she's got a little a French jean somewhere. She just knows how to turn it on for World Champs. But yeah, it's cool to see up there again. It didn't quite work out in race runs, but impressive quality performances. And then in the men's, um, I guess no massive surprises in there, but Loic uh, in the, the front. We're quite used to that. Uh, Andy Kolb, second. I think he was quite shocked by that, Nico. He seemed like almost surprised. I don't think he, think he thought he had a particularly rapid run, but he's just, he's on it, right? He's just Mr. Consistent at the moment. He can just churn out great runs. Yeah, he really is. And I think he kind of caught fire after the Fort William round last year. So yeah. maybe he never really had a good race at Fort well, I'm sure he has had some good ones, but not an outstanding oh, one. Yeah, right. Yeah, at his at his current level. So yeah, that's awesome. Not surprising for us, but I think he was stoked with that. Yeah, and then Bernard in third. <laughs> he's he's always there or thereabouts, and in he's at one day it's going to happen for him, and we're going to see this win hopefully. But he looks super confident this weekend. Like the bike looks sick. It, it, always good to see him firing because he's a great rider to watch yeah he's he's looking great on the bike uh, and he has the belief as well doesn't he and that's obviously the massive thing is believing you can actually get that win even though it hasn't it's not quite there he still comes in and, and believes he can do it and he rides like he believes he can do it when he's coming past you're like I, I, I sometimes say riders look like they're kind of like owning the hill if you know what I mean and mm. he's definitely one of those with that presence that's like yeah I'm doing that gap first you know, I'm doing that line first and just riding with full confidence. So, um, yeah, the difference is then obviously delivering on the day, which is the challenge. Yeah, definitely. No shorter confidence on Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, in the quali, 1.2 off of Loic. Yeah. And I would love to see, like, a day in the life of Loic Bruni and Bernard Kerr. Yeah. And, like, they're just so different. And yeah. what their, their surroundings at the race, the resources that they have access to... It's like there's such different guys, and to be so close is amazing. Honestly, yeah. I'm very impressed for Bernard. Like yeah. for all he has going on, running his team, his videos that he makes. Like Locke's not doing any of that stuff. No, it's just full focus on the racing, right? Yeah, but it's, I guess it's what works for you, right? It's what it's the environment that makes you comfortable fully. and confident and happy. And Bernard's found that, and Loic's found it, which is and they're just different it's cool yeah it's your route isn't it yeah. like you have to take your path to your best if you know what I mean yeah, totally. and, and Bruni different whilst we're talking to Bruni though I, I was surprised in quality that I know he's the world champ king and all this and he's yeah. obviously an amazing rider and everything that, that they do uh, I was quite surprised to see him go fastest in quality yeah, fair point he doesn't he, normally this get on track. with his track it's yeah. not his track even though his bike looked absolutely I would love to try that bike down this track just to see. I went up to him after the race. I said, is it you or the bike? And he was like, he just went, the bike. <laughs> Maybe it's being humble, I don't know. It's like glued to the floor, though, doesn't it? It's, Something works. Yeah, they've yeah. got it working I've always really wondered well. the same thing. You mm. know, how much of it is Bruni? How much of it is the bike? It's got to be mostly him. But yeah. you see him hit, like, there was a couple of sections where there's, like, a rock on the inside, like, in that pinball mm -hmm, section. Mm -hmm. And he just smashes into a giant rock and the bike just stays completely stable. Yeah. Just <laughs> absorbs it, moves exactly as much as it needs to, carries on. But no then, noise. And then you'll get to a, like another straight, which is just like rattly rocks. He's using full travel and it's always returning really quick. And you're like, well, how's he got this bike that's landing or something, not springing back up, as you've just described, 
but also just like returning so well. He's like, he's got two, I mean, he does have buttons on that thing, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? So I don't know, but he's getting the best of both worlds and the, what's it, the cherry on top, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it does look very, very good. One day we might be able to have a play on one. You never know. Could happen. They might release it to the public. <laughs> wow, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's his, it's the race program that's building it, isn't it? And designing right, it. Right, Okay. Um, rather than specialise themselves from what I gather yeah, yeah. yeah okay that's interesting but, I, but, but the inf- I, I don't know who owns the IP as yeah, such yeah. but like um, it will still be used for specialised but yeah. I believe it's, it's all it's a fully race programme focus program. rather than a specialised run like it needs to look like this blah 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 fully. Like it's performance first before anything else mm. I think they will use that linkage layout on their new mm. bikes okay. but as a prototype so they're using lugged carbon tubes yeah, which yeah. makes it a lot easier to make a quick precise prototype Yeah. but what's really interesting is what they're doing with their suspension on that thing and I think there is where you're, you're not going to be able to have access to mm. the electronics and the like what Loic can change on that bike and optimize for yeah. each track and each section of the track. It's good. But even like Ollie <laughs> said, more than just like it looked good on the jumps and it looked good in the rough stuff, it looked good in two completely different rough sections. Mm-hmm. So to get that balance is inc- incredible. Yeah. Fair play. But I do think it's a lot of Bernie. Like he's so strong. Look yeah, at the size of him. Yeah. Like if he's strong enough to keep that bike planted i think he he seems to be able to maintain like absorb a lot of energy from the bike underneath him like mm. when it does go wrong like that crash was it vowed assault where the it just he got his timing wrong and it just mm. you saw the amount of energy that flew out the bike and threw him down the track mm. this was a year or two ago mm. and you're like oh man how, how is he normally just keeping on top of all that so mm. yeah that strength because he has such a strong position on the bike like he seems to be able to absorb and the hits he, he is super strong obviously like you know we know how much work he puts in so um but it's more than that like his timing down that it, like as i said earlier i was watching like long sections in that in that first sector or two and his timing of where he was loading up the bike was just especially during practice like perfect you know so it is him as well as that <laughs> bike. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dangerous combination and yeah. yeah really impressive to see him turn around a venue that's been a, a tough place for him in the past oh yeah and uh you know, have a super good attempt at becoming world champion. It's a fair play, look. Let's talk about the racing. Um, we'll start with the elite women. Um, Tani went into the hot seat um, fairly early on. Again, super impressive the fact that Tani was up the hill after that crash. Like she said, her arm was you know full of fluid and kind of your forearm is something you want to be working pretty well on a track like this, right? You're clinging onto the bike for all it's worth for four and a half five minutes um yeah an impressive run from tiny to kind of get over that she said she just wanted to give the fans a bit of show you know british rider home world champs but yeah solid to just get up there and do that and put in a respectable time as well yeah yeah and it's it was cool at one point when she came through there was like the three brits on the on the hot seat which is cool like the french do it so well in leger so it's kind of like we had to like return the favor you know a little girl, yeah. yeah yeah so phoebe came down her teammate phoebe gale just pipped tiny by like point zero something um yeah cool to see them so close they ride together mm. they're really good mates and yeah awesome to see both of those sitting on the podium for a little bit phoebe's looking i've said it in one of the earlier um podcasts but she's looking better and better stronger and stronger technically better every week i think it's uh, it's mega to see and yeah. she's obviously first year so it's uh She's got a long way to go still, which will be awesome. Definitely. And then a rider that really stood out today was Louisiana Ferguson. 
I mean, she's from Fort William, but she's lived in Queenstown, uh, New Zealand for quite a while now. So she's not like local to the track. I think she only came back from Crankworks a few days ago. She's been apparently sick as a dog all week, uh, full of cold, not sleeping, no energy. Um, but such a talented bike handler, so confident on big jumps, works really well on a track like this. Really cool to see her like sat in the hot seat for so long. Huh? Yeah, that must have been such a special feeling being from here and to be able to put down a run like that. I think this is her best result at a World Cup or World Championships, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. to be able to deliver that at the home worlds when there's so many other teams with huge resources is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, bright future for, for Louise, I yeah. think. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised she did as well as she did here. Okay. Because I think she's like, she's quite, she, I thought she'd need more tech than a speed mm, track, if okay. you know what I mean. And yeah. um, like her positioning on the bike's great. But yeah, she just obviously stood there and just dealt with the speed and had a good run. It was impressive to it see. It was incredible. I was sort of like, come on, let's get you a medal. I was sat <laughs> watching, really hoping that she was going to get it because she's genuinely like the nicest person. So humble and chill. So yeah, we'll see more from her for sure. Uh, Rachel had a good start to her run. She was two seconds up at the top. Um, but no surprise, I guess, that that wasn't going to be maintained like... I guess she must have known that the win wasn't on the cards, Ollie, do you think? Or was yeah. she still, do you think she'd still be up there trying for it? I don't know if she knew that. Like, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about the injury. Obviously, I heard her shoulder got dislocated. And, and for me, I was thinking, well, you're on this track, a brutal track like Fort William, you're not going to come back and win. But it seemed to be that everybody else was just like, yeah, Rachel's still going to win. She's coming, you know, she's so... Everyone else had belief. I assume she had belief, the fact that she was lining up there because I guess she's not going to just want to roll down mm -hmm. but um but yeah like you say through the run she, she was you know the time was obviously showing that uh, potentially there was something uh, wrong there i mean you could see with her riding she was kind of lopsided i think obviously trying look, to take the yeah, strength didn't through look the other comfortable. Arm. yeah didn't look comfortable so um yeah but great to see it i mean oh, again, so cool. it's just cool to see her out there oh, yeah 100 percent. and i'm sure hopefully this you know means she'll be back for more races more world championships there's definitely more uh, more to go from Rachel, I hope. Just needs to find the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been cool, actually, seeing... Um, I can't remember the kids' names, but her daughter and Danny's mm. eldest seem to like get on well. They were playing together and smashing stones into puddles. And, Brilliant. Yeah, super nice to watch the potential future generation of world champions <laughs> hanging out together. Um, Marine Cabaru, Nico. I mean, she's, again, I think, been taking a measured like approach to building back from some serious uh, back injuries. Incredible run from her. I think it's fair to say she's back. Um, she put basically seven seconds into the current leader, which was Louise at that point. She beat Valley's quality time on what was arguably a slightly slower track, perhaps. Um, yeah, cool to see her back, eh? Yeah, that was awesome. It looked like she, like following her on Instagram, she, she'd done a ton of training over the past five weeks since mm -hmm. the last World Cup and brought that level that she had at the first couple of races up for to peak at this race so yeah. awesome to see her put a good run together i'm sure she's she's pretty stoked to get a medal yeah definitely and cami blanche it's not quite been the season that maybe she'd hoped for like we're used to seeing a lot of cami wins by now um but on good pace like she looked really good through the woods she's a, such a good technical rider um and, and you know put it put it into the lead at that point in time but wasn't quite to be do we do you think cammy's on full song and like maybe valley's just found another level or yeah, do you think cammy's not quite where you'd expect i'd say not quite where you'd expect she always she still looks solid though doesn't she mm. she like 
and she's always done this where she maybe doesn't always look faster than say Valley or some of the others but just like rolls down and then she still beats them kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas it's just we're just missing that still beats them bit I guess which mm-hmm. is the, the last piece of the puzzle but um, uh, yeah she, she's, she's always there though isn't she and the first task to winning a race is being the group of riders that can win a race Yeah. so she's still in that group and she'll win another one soon so um, yeah yeah she didn't look as quick, quick as I'd say the first day of practice you know Nina and Valley they looked like the fastest ones on the hill. Yeah. So, um, and she didn't quite join that kind of club uh, this week, I don't think. Yeah. But not far off. Very, yeah, very much so. And uh, a tough week for Nina Hoffman. Nico, I mean, she's a rider that gets on well with the fort. She won the World Cup here last year. She won the British National. Um, but yeah, big crash in qualies. Uh, sorry, in practice. She's had this knee issue from earlier in the season, which I believe is getting better, but it's still there. Um, but she was flying at the top. She was 1.7 down. Um, but yeah, got caught. I think there's a there was a hole forming in as you come off that road gap into the left-hand burn, a bit of a hole forming that she seemed to just kind of hit and it sent her weight forward maybe and just lost the rear end and it was done at that point. It's yeah. a shame. Yeah, it's, it's such a physical week to do a whole three days of riding on this track. And when you have a small injury, it just makes it even that much more difficult to to have the strength to get through it so bummer for her i know she was like you said coming in with high expectations with the past two results here but um i'm sure she gave it her best shot with what she had yeah for sure i think that crash just kind of summed up her weekend didn't <laughs> yeah, it it was yeah. kind of, i think she just was like get me home <laughs> yeah get me home in one piece yeah. that that's enough now yeah, yeah yeah we know she's so fast here though don't we and i think probably deep down she knew that as well yeah, but yeah. just the weekend the stars weren't aligning this weekend for her no. No, it's a shame. But yeah. again, a rider that I'm sure we'll see plenty more from. Valley Hole, uh, apparently coming off a five-run streak, five-win streak of races she's entered so far this year, which is pretty impressive. Or oh, this was her fifth, sorry. Um, back-to-back world champs. She really wanted this. I heard a Sven Martin interview uh, from the Misspent Boys that's already out, so go and check that out. Um, she really wanted to retain those stripes. She's enjoyed having them. And you could see that, like, on track, she was aggressive, pushing. The pace was high. She looked visibly faster than most of the other women on track, I would say. Um, But she said she was super tired coming in today. Like you said, Nico, really physical week. Must be hard to be sat at the top of that hill feeling that way but knowing how much you want this and how hard you've got to go to get it oh yeah she's but she's so strong isn't she and the way she rides like suits this track you Mm -hmm. know so she she was literally just bouncing down the track like hitting her marks it was all all going really well she lost quite a bit the, the fatigue thing you speak about though she lost quite a bit of time it might not have even been the final sector maybe like between sort of three and four um, where she definitely lost a little bit of time then. I thought, oh, here we go. She's yeah, you know, it was getting close. It was getting it? close. Yeah, I think it got down dropping. to about 0.8 or something like 0. that. 0.6, I was think. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, but then she clawed a bit more back on the final sector, dug deep and uh, got the job done. Respect. Yeah, incredible. Good to see you, Nico. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It, feel like, it feels like we're seeing the valley everyone expected to see when she joined Elite. It's like she's got it, it's clicking, and this is the value that everyone was like, she's going to just dominate and start to look that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you said it five races in a row that she's won. This is what everybody was expecting when she came into a lead. It just, it took a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, but it'll be exciting to see what Cammy and the other girls have to say about it, and hopefully we see some more 
tight racing like this is the tightest racing we've seen in the women's field for for quite a while so yeah hopefully that just keeps going and they know they've got some super fast juniors coming up in the not too distant future to uh, push them even further so yeah super cool um there was some rain through the women's and uh, it started to come down sort of chilled out a bit um and a few of the men had a relatively clear run i guess um a couple of riders sort of capitalized on that early on so greg williamson uh, Scottish rider, well supported in the fort, had a good run down the hill and uh, got himself in the hot seat for uh, a wee while there. Um, how does it feel, Nico, when you're in that position? Like, you know, you can see the weather's changing and you're starting to have those thoughts like, could this be like a special result for me? Or I've not been on the lucky side of that okay. very many times. You always get a flick <laughs> But if I ever was, I wanted it to just completely rain, start snowing. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck everyone else. I want to <laughs> wind everything. Yeah. <laughs> you got to cash in your uh, your card when you have it. Yeah, true. Yeah, you got to make the most of it. Eh? But yeah, the rain did come down pretty hard. Angel put in a good run, uh, took over a hot seat from Greg. Cool to see Angel back on good pace because he's always shown that like uh, ability but it seems to be up and down with injury and a few bits and pieces but he's getting that you know bike working pretty well yeah. he, he looked in quali i thought he looked like one of the fastest where i was watching okay on in sector two he looked so fast and a couple of times in practice i can't remember his quality result but it wasn't like where i thought it would be well mm. you know you see everyone come through and you sort of guess almost and he didn't quite show where i maybe thought it was so um yeah, when he was up there, well, when he had the better track or whatever, I thought, oh, he's got this early on, especially when the other riders were like, who came down after him, couldn't be within like 15 or 20 seconds. It was kind of like, oh, he's done it, you know? And and I thought maybe <laughs> Greg would stay on the uh, on the uh, podium there as well. But then, ah, who was it came down? Oshino Callahan came mm, through. Showed that there with was about a, three yeah. seconds off. And you were like, okay this is the game's still on you know yeah. Oshin so. does love wet tracks though right? like mm. that's he turns on when it gets rainy so i mean where, yeah. where he lives helps i think yeah, yeah. True. he's used to wet weather <laughs> if you like riding you have to like wear riding <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's a very especially good point. this year <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so yeah we've got these guys sat on the podium how does this track change nico when it rains does it like everyone says that rain up top is actually kind of quite useful i guess up to a point anyway because it helps like if it's too gravelly and dry it can get quite loose but the woods feels like the, the tree cover is fairly dense does it take a while for the woods to start to degrade like how does the track change throughout that rain as it intensifies the, the grip doesn't change too much the woods is where it will make the most difference mm -hmm. on the grip the biggest issue is with vision and rolling speed. Like some of those flatter sections towards the bottom, they're just obviously not going to roll fast when there's standing water on the track. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I dropped in for my run and I, I got off the boardwalk and it started raining. So I got half of a dry <laughs> run. I think it was actually raining the whole time, like longer at the bottom. It just yeah. hadn't made it up yet because yeah, yeah. it was pretty wet down yeah. the last section. But, um, I got to experience a little bit, but half and half. <laughs> and the, the biggest issue is really vision. Like okay. if you can't see as well, it's hard to ride that committed yeah. as guys who didn't have to deal with it. Uh -huh. And are, are riders like, and teams looking at rain radars and stuff in the pit, where the forecast, how are people deciding what they take up the hill? Because I guess for like, certainly for the top few, they were still down in the pits as the rain was starting to come down. So it was an obvious choice to 
take your wet weather kit and make sure you prep but in scotland are you always taking that stuff to the top like yeah i mean most of the time you take everything anyway okay. uh, here you won't you won't change tires like yeah, the track's yeah. not gonna you're never gonna run a different tire yeah so um you wouldn't take a set of mud tires like you normally would mm -hmm. but for sure i had roll-offs tear-offs and goggles with nothing okay and be ready for all conditions with that yeah um that was really the only thing that i was going to change if it was going to rain on this track mm -hmm. um but yeah, you, you normally can never predict the weather in the mountains. Even if it says it's going to be nice, you want to bring, send with your mechanic, like he's going to carry it all for you. He's, yeah. he's working today, whether he carries it or not. <laughs> so you, you take everything we need. That way it's better to be looking at it than looking for it. Sounds good. Makes sense to me. Let's talk about Greg Minar. Um, there's been a lot of talk around the pit this weekend about whether this is his last world champs or not. Um, I think he's 41, maybe 42 now. Um, still incredibly fast he's had a rough start to the season things haven't always gone his way um that theme sort of continued but he qualified eighth and he looked i was up in the woods and he looked on the pace of all the top riders like it it, it felt like the greg minnow we know and love and that some of those demons might have gone away ollie but yeah. it wasn't quite to be eh? yeah i think i'd heard he had a bit of a crash this yeah. morning he as well in practice apparently this it, morning yeah. he had very sore shoulders yeah but but when i saw him in practice i thought Oh, here we go. Yeah, great <laughs> bet. Literally was like, okay, you know, not even an outside bet. It was kind of like the, he, he was going to be the man to take it. He, like that top, that sector two, I keep banging on about, but he just, the speed he was carrying through there was so good to watch. And you're like, you know, he's older than me, you know, <laughs> and he's and he's still at the top. It's just, it's great. It's insane. It's, it's awesome to see. So, um yeah, well, we'll probably see him next year. Let's hope so, right? But that that it looked like that shroud into the left was the one that rolled the tire off the rim. I think. Yeah, that that was a, that was a harsh turn. That Everyone was, was hitting that hard. That was one of the harshest turns. Mm. Uh, and it's hard to know if there was an issue before that. That yeah, maybe caused him to lose or, pressure. Yeah. But in general, the corner speed on the guy, holy crap! Like to see him coming <laughs> through that top section, yeah. he was carrying so much speed around the turns. He obviously knows how to do it here in Fort William and and knows on this track that the momentum is everything. Mm -hmm. And just like being a big guy with a big 29er long bike, just to carry it around those corners and just high average speed, he, he was really impressive. And yeah. gaps on the track too, like he's 42 years old and he's doing most of the gnarliest stuff first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's like helps him, his mindset to know that he's doing that, but very impressive. Yeah, very cool. Let's hope we're... We'll see him again next year. Um, Matt Walker was fairly early. He's sort of down the UCI rankings, I guess, the, this year, not had the, the start that he would have hoped for. That really looked like a world champs run. Like, mm -hmm. it, like Matt's normally, like, quite calm, I feel, in his approach. Like, real sensible guy. That looked like he threw everything at that, like... It was cool to watch until it, it went a bit wrong. Oh, and that crash looked horrible. But it was it was so cool to watch. And if you think back at Charlie's run and then look at Matt's, they were actually very comparable. I, I'm not going to say in terms of lines. I can't remember uh -huh. that exactly. But just in terms of like their intensity and their like, I'm going to win this kind of attitude yeah, on, the, yeah. on the run. Um, yeah, he was just very unfortunate hitting that. I think he slid a bit wide, didn't he, in the left and then came back onto that little cheese grater bridge and hit the edge and over the bars so yeah unfortunate for him but yeah good to see that that it worked that he approached it like a world champs run right yeah yeah he came in with a i'm like you say i'm gonna win this yeah yeah, yeah. national champion in the uk yeah beat danny there good confidence builder and then yeah let's roll the dice let's go hard it was mm. cool to watch 
Yeah, let's hope he's okay because that looked like a nasty crash. Mm. Uh, all right. And then, yeah, we've got many other riders to talk about, I guess, but the next sort of big person to come down the hill and uh, create some uh, some trouble for those people on the hot seat was Charlie Hatton, um, Ollie, a rider that you've spent a lot of time with in the past, you've worked with, um, a rider that I think we've talked about on this before, you know, like the results in him, and it's just not quite come together. Maybe the co- we've, I think, maybe said we didn't feel like he believed necessarily. But dropping into that run, coming off a good quality yesterday as well, like it did, it looked like he believed in himself this time. And that really paid off. It really did, didn't it? Do you know what? I saw him in Morrison's on like Tuesday or Wednesday in, in Fort William. Yeah. And he Which just. Which is a supermarket for anyone that doesn't Oh, sorry. Know yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and, and we were chatting for ages, to be fair. And there was just something about him. I was like, he seemed so relaxed and so... That I, I didn't know then that he could win, but I walked away with my family and was like, hmm, he seems like he's in a good place, you know? Like, it, there was definitely something something going on with him, with an air of confidence uh, coming into this race, which maybe we haven't seen before. He's always quite yeah. a relaxed, chilled, you know, friendly person, but we haven't quite seen that before. And then to deliver a run like that was... Um, absolutely insane again it was a world like we were saying about Matt it's a world championship delivered run yeah and, and, and I wondered because there was some there was still a few to come down after him I was like ah oh, are we going to see a, a world world championship delivered run you know was there going to be even better than that um, which obviously there wasn't but um, yeah huge respect to him he's a grap Charlie is a grafter he goes out he sets objectives he ticks the objectives off he goes again he ticks them off he moves forward he go, you know he's He's on it, and uh, yeah, yeah this it's, isn't, uh, this isn't certainly shedding a tear for yeah, him today. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Nico, thoughts on Charlie's run? Yeah, I mean, so cool that he could do it in a fair condition. Like, everybody had the same condition yeah. to deal with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. obviously, he does well in that. I think he rides in that pretty often. So he, he excels in that situation. And for him to just put that run together was awesome. When he came down that far up on the other guys, even like guys who didn't have as bad of condition yeah. like Angel or, or someone else, um, it was like, man, I, this this might be, like that's a huge margin. <laughs> yeah, that could stick. We ended up watching it to the end because there was a few guys that were with, that were very close halfway. Yeah. But um, man, so cool. He's yeah. such a, a nice dude too. I don't know him very well, but when I saw him on the first day when we got here, he asked me a lot about myself. How was I doing? Nice to see me back. And that's so nice. Like, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, He's I'm a super nice guy. Yeah. It's just yeah. very deserving of this. Yeah. It's very cool. Very stoked for him. Yeah. And someone else who was stoked for him, but also probably could have had this was Andy Cole. <laughs> that run that Andy was on, again, world champs run. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite go to plan. A fair mistake, I would say, in the woods. Probably cost him the win, would you say, Ollie? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he got to the woods before Charlie did in mm-hmm. terms of time. He was, I mean, only point, like only like point one or something like that, okay. like point one four back. So, uh, sorry, point zero one four back. So he got, but he beat Charlie to the woods. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just that that little bit cost him. And Charlie was so efficient at the bottom, I think, wasn't mm-hmm. he? So um, in all the turns. So um, yeah, it was going to be hard to beat. But yeah, Andy's on fire at the moment. He's, yes, uh, he's I mean, 
Uh, he, he literally, <laughs> I also saw him in Morrison's. <laughs> they were doing the weekly shop, you know. Of course. And, uh, and he was just like, oh, I, he said, I don't care what happens. He was like, I won in Austria. So he was just like, my season's complete. <laughs> I was exactly like, boy, yeah. and, and that's, I think that's why you can perform better because there's, when you feel pressure from a sponsor or probably worse, self-pressure, mm. it's, it's so hard to perform. Whereas when you go in, cool, let's go and just try and ride my bike as fast as I can, see what happens. The performance just comes, and he came second today. Afton bites one too. Yeah, well, yeah, which is a feat that uh, we've not really seen since Mondrake locked out the podium at I think twenty sixteen World Champs mm. in Valdezol with the first, second, third with mm. uh, Danny, Laurie, and Flo. Flo yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty good weekend for Afton bites taking the one two. And something that really got to me and I thought was amazing was Andy came across the line. He'd obviously assumed in his head that he hadn't won because he knew he'd made that mistake. Didn't even look at his time. Threw his bike down, spotted Charlie was on the podium and ran straight to him to give him a hug. And that's like, that sums up this sport for me. It's so nice that the people care about each other and like, he was just stoked for his mate. That's what you love about downhill. It's like, it's an individual sport. You're not racing head to head. If somebody beat you, they were better than you you don't affect the other person's result mm. directly. So you can be happy for the guy when, <laughs> yeah. when he outperformed you. So Definitely. It's, it's awesome. I think it creates a good sense of camaraderie with the racers. Yeah. Almost 99% of the guys are all get along really well, which is, which is really cool to be a part of. Yeah. And I think that reflects the vibe in the Atherton pit, right? Those guys get on super well. They've got a great vibe in the team and that helps performance. Everyone's happy. Totally. If you if you and you think about those two, they've got that amazing relationship, and and they have obviously with the whole team. But those two have got that amazing relationship, as we've already said. There's like the no pressure kind of riding, mm. and they work really hard in terms of like the testing and all the rest of it. It's kind of like a it's a good mixing pot for delivering on performance, really. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about how cool Sorry. for the Atherton brand too. Yeah, like Insane. that's they're a very small bike company, and to yeah. go and compete against like how good we were just talking about Bruni's bike yeah <laughs> for them to be able to do that is awesome I'm sure Dan and G and, and Dan Brown and everybody that were there were just really excited they, about it yeah they clearly built something good I was over there asking for a, a lugged front triangle for my bike <laughs> could they make it Dan Atherton told me they could so I went over to the engineer and said yeah Dan Atherton told me you guys could do this <laughs> and what was the reaction then <laughs> we can do it we don't have time to do it <laughs> yeah well they're going to be even busier after this I suspect yeah. yeah the phone will be off the hook let's talk about Laurie Greenland uh, a rider that put in an insane time here at National Champs earlier in the year um, quite a long way ahead of the rest of the field um, but has had some injury woes I think again another knee injury he had a, a crash in qualies, which is I don't think was a, a big problem, but it's never nice. And it's, you know, the last run on the clock before you go do your race run. But he's looked so good on the track this weekend. So light. So like he describes when he's riding cocky, he knows he's good. And it, it looked like he was in that state where he could put the bike anywhere and it just would work. Mm. It's cool, eh? So cool. I, yeah, I don't know whether Nico should talk about it, but uh, the his it's actually he came into he got into the woods in eighth, and his sector two he's the fastest on sector two here, mm-hmm. and um, but he didn't quite deliver on that today. I don't okay. know if he just held back a little bit, but it just wasn't quite. It was sector two he crashed in in college. Right? It was yeah, yeah, but I don't know if that would have overly impacted him. But yes, yeah, so we got to sector, he he actually did it the other way around. I expected him to. I thought he was going to do really well on sector two, so like be it 
be first to the woods and then maybe nurse it through the woods and obviously mm. finish a trap. But he went from eighth to second. So his woods, without looking at it cl- too closely, must have been the fastest through there. Right. Um, and it looked amazing to watch him go through there. So that, I think it was <laughs> weird, actually. The World Cup last year, it was the woods that cost him with his sort of slight sli- slide out. Mm. Uh, it looks like the woods actually bought him bronze medal this year. Okay. So, yeah. Another, another World Champs medal to add to his collection. So he's yeah. got to complete it with the gold next year, right? I'm sure he wants that gold, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, so cool to watch on track, eh? Yeah, man, he looks like so fast on track and gapping stuff and just pulling the bike over everything. Yeah, it's very exciting style to watch. Yeah. And I know he's been a little bit beat up, like with the last race, a crash, and then crash yesterday coming into here. He probably doesn't feel like the 100% <laughs> that he wants to be coming yeah. into this race. But for him to tough all that stuff out and, and get a medal at Worlds, so yeah. yeah, I hope he's as proud of it as he should be. Yeah, I know sure. he's born it to win, yeah. but um, he's got a lot more years to to win definitely yeah it's good to see him on form let's do a couple of uh, other honourable mentions before we wrap up and uh, get you to dinner Nico um, Loic Bruni fourth place I think from what people said he was pretty happy with that it's a track like you said not always go doesn't always go well but he's turned that around and put in a good result Loic was happy yeah he said that he, I think he made a couple of whether you'd call them mistakes but small errors in the bottom stuff where it was a mm. little bit flatter not that I even remember them from seeing them on screen but you know he'd have felt them as a rider so he yeah. said he was just having to work that a bit harder on some of the little flat or uphill pedally bits um, so he said that's what he thinks cost him but otherwise he was happy with his performance and okay. uh yeah, I mean, if everyone he expects to win these world championship things, doesn't he? But um, he's done very well here, and like you say, a track that's not his preferred location. Yeah, I can't think of one of his six world titles that he won while it was raining. So, yeah, okay, might not be the best condition for mm, Bruni. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I can't either. But um, yeah. he liked the track, though. He loved the changes to the track. Yeah, it was like really. I think it played into his uh, advantage there yeah. for sure. Cool. Good. And then. Troy, always there. We've had little periods where he's struggled or he's had injuries or whatever. Apparently, he started the week poorly as well. He was struggling with energy on the first day, so kind of kept things a bit chilled, did maybe not as many runs as he'd want to. So to stick that into fifth place is uh, is impressive, eh? Like, how many years? He just keeps doing it. Yeah, what can you say? I mean, it's the same story all the time with Troy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks great. He, he rises. Like, the guys that he's getting top five two are mm-hmm. changing around yeah. him yeah. and he's still matching and doing what it takes to get <laughs> up there yeah it's cool to see him back i feel like he's back though back to being where he always was yeah <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah he did have this moment he had the injury didn't he and then he came back and maybe came back a bit slower than probably he's done before yeah but now yeah it's like oh yeah no he is back you know yeah, he's consistent back in that. top yeah. guy again yeah. yeah definitely he looked good in valdezol as well so yeah end of the season will be good for him yeah Worth mentioning uh, to Prella, like mm. he he's uh, uh, to by the time he got sector two, he was basically tracking the same time as Charlie. Yeah. So obviously he crashed, didn't he? But it was uh, yeah, kind of worst case scenario where he tried to jump those inside rocks and just the front wheel got right in the wrong spot between. Them. Horrible, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. landed crash. on one too. But he, he was straight. How back on quick it, was he back yeah. up? Yeah. Like and sprinted the end like a lot. Of, it's world champs. This is not points. Yeah. But I don't know. He's, it just shows his mentality. Like he was going to give it everything, and yeah. nothing was going to stop him. I spoke to someone from the team who uh, said, "Yeah, he he'd said to them, 
I'm going to go wild today. Yeah. Like, which is cool. It's great. Everyone loves that's watching That's what him. World Champs yeah. is for. And he brings the most excitement to his race runs. And I feel like that, that drifted away a bit last season and he's definitely bringing that back. And it's cool. Like that Val de Sol run was so good to watch. And totally. I'm sure we'll see more good stuff from him. He's definitely, yeah, finding finding his form again, which is he, cool. He was the one when he came into the woods that you thought, okay, if he's on pace with these guys, then one of these next five guys to go <laughs> yeah. could possibly challenge Charlie. Definitely. So it made the end of the race really exciting. Yeah, it did. It was really good. All right, I'm going to ask you guys three questions. One of them is going to be lit kit. One of them is going to be lit bike. But the first one, did anyone miss semifinals this week? Hmm. Good question. I didn't miss not doing another full run. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a very good question. As a fan, I didn't miss it. I nah, loved watching this. Better without. Yeah. From where I was standing. Did any riders comment on it to any of you guys? Or people if, not really been thinking about it? If I'm honest, until you said that, I'd totally forgotten about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think most people were focused on the task at hand. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was just intrigued because it just, I don't know. I still find semi-finals this odd addition to the mm. weekend that I still have said in the past. I don't know how I feel about it. And I definitely didn't miss it. I think the excitement built much better and clearer for me this weekend. I really enjoyed it. I quite like it. Was the new format, because it was a new World, World Champs format as well. I thought that worked, seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, I don't want to go back tomorrow and ride again. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, because you used to have that down, almost down day between qualies and race, right? It was all a bit strange, but... I thought the schedule was perfect. Yeah. Like, there was enough time, not too much time. Mm. We got the runs we needed to do. Yeah. The the gondola was efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was perfect. On that, on the schedule note, actually, I asked Bruni what his, whether he preferred... Because he's used to winning world champs and world champs being the, the four-day event. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said... Did you prefer it? Because most other riders, I think, were like, no, nah, I'm happy to be back to this like stock World Cup kind mm. of schedule. And uh, he said he'd rather more days with a little bit less each day kind of thing. So he, he likes that kind of bit more okay. time to go through, I guess, his processes and obviously all the data they do with the bike and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So, But I think he's probably the only rider maybe <laughs> to say that. I don't know. <laughs> the only one I heard say it. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, it was a good format. Fair play. I think they put put on a really good event. Um, all right, let's do lit kit, lit bike. Nico, should we start with you? Lit kit, your own? Mine was <laughs> really cool. And I, I'm going to give it to Laurie because his was like almost the same as mine, but the syndicate logo in red looked even cooler. Yeah, so true. I would say Laurie's kit was the sickest. Okay, fair play. Ollie? I always find this difficult each week. And yeah. <laughs> when you think in advance, he's always like, oh, I forgot to think. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's coming. I do know it's coming, but I always find it difficult. The um, the kits, because I'm looking so much at the bike. I'm really honest. I'm so staring at the bikes that I don't even look at it. But the lit kit. Okay, if you've gone lorry, I'll go Tane because <laughs> they're in the same kit. <laughs> I, I thought Tane's kit yeah. was really cool. To be fair, I think Fox knocked it out of the park this they weekend. did well like the yeah. consistent look but different look across all the athletes all the nations mm. yeah it was it was clean and cool and different and the yeah, fact they got strong. the shoes now as well i think and then them doing the sort of nation color shoes yeah. and all this I, it, it worked really well yeah it's a nice touch mm. mm-hmm. good all right lit bike nico yours <laughs> obviously my bike was the coolest bike <laughs> i've ever had like I, I genuinely thought my bike was the coolest one there I'm for more than the color. Yeah. Um, 
But I really like Jackson Goldstone's bike that he didn't get to yeah, ride. I, I thought the Syndicate bikes all looked awesome, but yeah. red and white looked really clean. Yeah, yeah. So I really nice. like that one. I'm going to go Bernie's. Okay. It, it, look, I wasn't sure initially, and then I had sort of had a closer look at it. Nice and colourful. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Like, yeah. There's that, all the Ferrari kind of leaning with the font and everything. And it yeah. does... It looks like a race bike. It does, yeah. It looks like the only thing you're going to do with it is go racing. And, and I thought that was kind of cool. And the cut, nice bright colour for the champs. People yeah. are going to see you come in. Although, because Fox don't normally allow, like it always has to be orange, doesn't it, for Factory Fox. But this year they must have just... Yeah, they did quite a few different coloured yeah. lowers, eh? Yeah. I think they painted them themselves. Ah, the teams did them. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. And but Fox I- don't normally allow it, I don't think. In previous years, that's I don't what know I've if heard. they ask permission. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Fox, I would have said, "Sure, pay whatever color you want, except for yellow or red." <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, and there's reasons there. Right? Good point. Anyway, I I thought Tiny's bike looked ace. I think out of all the canyons, especially like that hot pink, just I think it looked wicked. It Did really cool. stood out on the hill against the sort of the grey Scottish uh, drizzle and rock like, it looked pretty cool how funny was uh, Eddie Masters bike because Bernard's was painted after his Ferrari yeah Eddie's was painted after his 2005 Vito van that's rusty <laughs> it's rust. a bit of rust on yeah. the paint job it's a nice touch. it was it was hilarious like and Eddie would have found that so comical too so it was very fitting yeah very Brilliant. cool yeah awesome weekend uh, thanks to everyone involved in putting on it a wicked show for us riders organizers teams thanks to you two guys for taking time out of your evening to sit down and chat it's been a real pleasure nice to have you all in the same place and uh yeah look forward to getting some more racing underway in a couple of weeks in andorra we're off to you next right yeah, yeah. exciting awesome. good stuff cheers thank cheers. you bye All right, that's it for this Maxxis Tires post-race show with Ollie and Nico. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thank you to Maxxis for supporting this season. Maxxis have incredible tires for you, no matter how or where you ride. So head over to Maxxis.com or visit your local Maxxis dealer and check them out now. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you too. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow so you never miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you want copies of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. If you want to help support the show, then you can set up a regular donation over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>